Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, everywhere. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show, uh, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the Nashville area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness for one 15-minute workout. Equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai for your next ride in Lebanon. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your brand-new hardwood floors and finishings. Check out their inventory at CalvinAndSubtle.com. And the Bone & Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. And so Jeff Rubel is correct but also biased. Uh, when I say there are no top end dominant edge rushers, he says, so what you're saying is there aren't any Ohio State caliber ends. And that's been correct. Over the last couple of drafts, there's been the Ohio State pass rusher who's been right there at the top of the draft, and there is not that guy this year in the draft. And Karen, you are exactly correct. Austin, allergies acting up, sounds congested. Yes, uh, my allergies have been uh, a bitch for the last five days or so. Whoa. Ever since. Whoa. They've been a bitch. And there's no down there, big dog. Look, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Nothing wrong with saying that. They have been. I I had on Friday, I would take the day off, but I did yard work for like four hours on Friday because I had to do it. But, you know, this is the payback I get. So it is April, which means I struggle on a daily basis. But, Zach, we are here to talk about these these pass rushers because you think you've been saying edge rusher, edge rusher, edge rusher. That's where the Titans go in the first round. And uh, I I like wide receiver. I like cornerback options. I like a lot of different options for the Titans in the first round. But you have stood pretty strong with edge rusher. Yeah, well, they have to get a guy to possibly replace Harold Landry after this year because uh, you know they paid big bucks to Bud Dupree. They paid massive amount of money that they have not paid to a pass rusher really ever. And so uh, that's good, right? But that was the number one thing that they needed to fix in their Super Bowl window. Two years ago, they couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes, and they were up 10 points. They were dropping guys back into coverage, and he was picking them apart on his way to a Super Bowl victory. And the Titans couldn't do anything about it. Last year, they whiffed on Jadeveon Clowney. They whiffed on Vicks Beasley. They didn't have any edge rush help for Harold Landry, who did the best job that he could, but because he was a second-round pick, he doesn't get that fifth-year option, and that that is big. That is a big deal. Just like A.J. Brown, a second-round pick, that's great value, but you're going to have to pay the man a lot quicker. And edge rushers are, are supreme. We saw that this past year in free agency – Big money going out to Carl Lawson, Bud Dupree, and many others. I think that this is the honey hole of where you've got to get your pass rusher for the future to help Bud Dupree. So, and listen up. This is the most important statement that I will say all show. Okay. So the Titans never get back into the situation they were just in without being able to rush the quarterback. That was their Achilles heel 
to get to a Super Bowl, to beat the Baltimore Ravens at home in the wild card game last year. You get to Lamar Jackson on second down and stop his ass. He didn't get the first down and end the game late in the game. They can never get back into the situation they have been in the last two years since the exit of, let's just face it, Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan. Well, it was... Arakpo did have his final year with the Titans where I think he had a half a sack. Uh, And I think Derek Morgan that last year with the Titans did not, maybe he had one, like they combined for like under two sacks. They didn't replace them. But the year, but the year, you're right. The year before uh, they, they, those two guys combined for like 19 sacks or something. That's why you got to do this before Harold Landry exits. If he doesn't resign. Right, which is why I the same philosophy for why I thought the Titans should have drafted a wide receiver in the mid to late rounds last year because now they're having to rely on this a is plentiful. This old but, draft is plentiful. But Zach, your point is correct. I agree with your philosophy. It's make sure you are proactive with your draft selections, not reactive. They were proactive with Amani Hooker. Like Amani Hooker was drafted fourth round safety out of Iowa to supplant expensive aging Kenny Vaccaro. And guess what? Boom! There you go. Amani Hooker uh, looks pretty good now as he's going into year three and will be, should be, the starting safety next to Kevin Byron. So here's the weird thing about this draft, though, because as Jeff says, you know, there's no Ohio State. There's no Bosa brother up there in the top five. Uh, There's no uh, dominant freak Chase Young up in the top five either. So is it a positive or is it a negative for the Titans because they pick at 22nd overall because they won the division? Is it a positive or a negative that there is not a dominant edge prospect in this draft when you're looking at through, through the Titans' lens? Positive or negative, Zach? What do you think? So, uh, honestly, I, I think I'd go positive here because you're 22nd. You're not going to get Nick Bosa. You're not going to get Chase Young. If those guys were even there, and this is the other positive, and you look at the overall draft. This is a quarterback-heavy draft. That's going to push every position down, including pass rusher. And you have this log jam of four to five. We picked out four defensive pass rushers that will fall to you. It's a crapshoot. When you draft in the late first round, you are drafting a guy who can impact your team immediately, like Jeffrey Simmons has done not like Isaiah Wilson did not do. You are trying to draft a guy who can help your team right away. And if you, I I personally think that this is a positive. You could spin it in that way because, because five quarterbacks are now projected to go possibly in the top 10. Yeah. I, one of them I wouldn't be surprised falls out, right? But that pushes everybody back down, which means you can create value in the Titan situation. They don't need a quarterback. That's not a position that they're looking at in the first round. Now, maybe on rounds later, but I think this is a positive. I think okay. I spin this. All right, so positive or negative for the Titans that there isn't a dominant edge prospect in this draft. We'll read some of your comments because you guys are already in the comment section with some good opinions here. But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit. Uh, that's with creating ex- extra cash flows for you and your family by renting out your property instead of selling it. Selling it's one-time transaction. 
that might be right for you, but it might not be. But if you want long-term equity, long-term wealth, Renters Warehouse can help you out because they do all of the work, all the hard work for you. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go. It is eSports. Don't forget, BetMGM. Uh, a little bit of a struggle last night in the betting uh, section. Uh, the damn Toronto Maple Leaves. What are you thinking? I lost a bet. I lost a bet last night. That was pretty big uh, on BetMGM, but it, I'm not deterred. I'm back on the saddle today trying to win some money. That's the best thing about BetMGM. They got parlay promotions. They've got boosts. They got free bets. Uh, it, it is great. Download the app today, BetMGM, promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so we've asked the question, is it a positive or a negative for the Titans that there isn't a dominant edge prospect in this draft? I'm going to read through some of your comments before I answer. Zach says positive. Louis says positive. Steven with a negative. Give us some uh, detail and some explanation behind uh, those, those comments too, especially if you're negative. Uh, Ken says positive. Corey says it all comes down to how the guys fall in the draft. Yes, that's very correct. Brad says, speaking of edge rushers, it's rumored that Clowney's about to get 14 mil from the Browns. Which is <laughs> and that will make me literally look like a clown one day. Uh, Rob says the Titans wouldn't get a top guy anyway. I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, Bobby says it doesn't matter. They're picking at 22, not top five. Yep, I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, Titans Kyle says positive because the group is all muddled up. Someone that's really good could fall. Jeff says positive because if there was someone who was dominant like Chase Young, you wouldn't get him anyway. Uh, Brent says positive. The Titans drafted 22. Could possibly get a top one or two edge rusher at 22. Stacy says positive. Alex positive. Uh, Dustin says going to be one of the most interesting drafts. I, I agree. And I think because of what how weird college football was, over the last year and how scouts in the NFL have not been able to travel around like they are normally doing because of COVID, you don't really have as good of a read on some of these prospects as you might otherwise uh, with what the last 12, 14 months has been. So Rob says the positive is you can add depth. So my, my answer to this is while you can spin it either way, like it's, it's just how you look at it because the reason why there will be five quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 of this rounds of this NFL draft is not because there are five quarterbacks who grade out to be top 10 draft picks. It's because teams are so desperate to add a quarterback and it's not that big of a risk as it used to be to go up and get a quarterback in the first round until you hit on one. But Trey Lance, is he a top 10 grade? No. Mac Jones, Sure as hell, is not a top 10 quarterback, but he's probably going to go top 10 because he plays the position. Edge rusher behind the quarterback position is probably that second most important position when it comes to the draft because it's big, athletic, freak human beings who can disrupt the quarterback position, right? And so I think it could be a negative for the Titans because there are there's no one guy. And so the one guy could have uh, uh, a lot of other edge needy teams drafting edge rushers uh, in the first round where now like you, you might get the top one or two edge prospects in this draft at 22 overall, which sure you can sell as great value, but there's still not that highly rated of a guy. Like not all draft classes are created equal. Not all edge classes are, are created equal. And so there is serious concern about, what you, what player you could get 
at 22 overall from an edge standpoint, the four guys we're about to talk about all have massive question marks. And the Titans, I, I don't think, can afford to gamble on an edge rusher in the draft because they have other needs that they need to fill wide receiver and corner to hit. And but I think they'll gamble on a guy who's got backup problems. <sighs> I'm saying like, there are more, like you can find a wide receiver at 22. That's more of a hit ready guy than an edge rusher at 22. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. So what what's your answer? Negative. Because like there's, there's no dominant guy that you, that everybody wants. It's, now you have you're not going to get that guy. I that's, understand. That, that's the point. That's why it's a positive. You're never going to get Chase Young or Nick Bosa. You're not picking in the top five. You're not picking in the top ten. That's now, why all but, of this value is falling to you so in the twenties. Here's I'll, I'll take it a step further because there's not that dominant guy. There are all these four guys that we're talking about are graded or ranked on the big boards. And like the mid to late teens and the 20s and further back, right? So edge rusher is, I think, the second most important position in the NFL behind quarterback. It's the most important position on the defensive side of the football, in my opinion. I think a lot of people can't argue with that. So now when you get the highest rated guy who's really like the 18th best player in the draft, but he's at a position of great value, he will move up the boards. So the the top edge rusher who's 18th overall might get drafted at number 12, which moves everybody up a little bit and means the Titans at 22 are going to get a second round grade type of edge rusher. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it is it's sliding up players who are not as highly rated into first round grades because of positional value. I just think that the Titans can find a value pick in the first round to to help them rush the quarterback. And like I simplify it. That's what you need your first round pick to do. You don't need a corner that just had a back procedure. You, you the wide receiver, I've said, I'm okay with them drafting one of two guys in the late first round. Terrence Marshall Jr. and Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I love Rashad Bateman. Rashad I'm, Bateman I, I'm is okay. my draft. He is my draft crush. I went on Buck's show in the zone the first week he started back in early March and said, Rashad Bateman, that's the guy you cannot pass up if he's there at 22. Okay, I have no problem with those two. But I think they have to overcompensate, right? You talk about it's the Tony Dungy versus John Gruden. You get a guy who's a player's coach, and then all you get you get a guy who's just chewing your ass out for not going hard in practice like John Gruden. They need to overcompensate for their pass rush because it was so atrocious over the last two years. The reason why they were dead last in third down percentage at 51%, like 51% of the time, the offense got a first down on third down all last season. And a lot of time it was like third and eight. It's not just because not because the back half of your defense was slow. It wasn't because your inside linebackers weren't playing very well. It's because you had no pressure on a passing down. Yeah. That's the reason why. I mean, that's simple. Mike Vrabel knows it. John Robinson knows it. Amy Adams Strunk knows it. So that's what you have to do is overcompensate so you never again, and at times they were at 68%, which is – that is so ridiculous that makes your – and this was like midseason. Right. They ended at 51. They cannot afford to do that. That's why they have to 
maybe reach. You talk about the reach. I, I, I can. I don't completely disagree where the value of these guys now is is pushed up into the first round. I don't. But you need a pass rusher, and your pick. You can't afford to drop down and pick in the late second round to get a guy. All right, so uh, Lane says, I agree with both statements, but he's going to go with positive. And, and uh, BMO says, exactly, Austin. Round two and three edge rushers will get pushed up into round one. So we've got four edge then rushers. Then where are late round two picks? Here, So so well, there's a domino effect, right? Because yes. if, if edge rushers get pushed up into the first round, your second round selection is a late second round selection. Where the hell is – what What kind of value are you going to get there? Yeah, no, like – you're now curious. you're getting a third to a fourth well, round guy, the, possibly. Well, but where the, the run will stop. Like, there are – I forget who I was listening to. There are shelves uh, – it was somebody on Buck's show talking about how uh, there are shelves of talent. And so you have, like, the top shelf – let's just go wide receivers, for example. The top shelf in this draft are Chase, Smith, Waddle, right? The next shelf is a little bit down, and that's Bateman, Marshall, Kadarius, Tony – then maybe Elijah Moore, then you drop down. And so there are different shelves. Like, so where is the difference? Where is that first run on that top shelf going to stop? It will stop and there'll be a gap between the high round draft picks of edge rushers and the second, third round graded prospects. There will be a a drop off somewhere where they're not just all going to run off the board. And I hope that the Titans select a guy on that first shelf. Okay, that's fine. So let's talk about Teron Davenport uh, from ESPN in here watching the show. He says, where do you guys project Aziz Ojolari? Ojolari from Georgia is one of the four guys we're about to talk about. So which of these four draft edge prospects fits best with the Tennessee Titans in the first round? So we've got these four players. I'll run through. I'll put up a graphic that shows you the guys. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Summer. Yeah, Calvin and Soto is where you need to go to get your hardwood floor. 615-448-6414. We talk about them every single day. They are the featured and the only hardwood flooring company that we sponsor. Calvin and Subtle. Look at this, man. This, this is one of my, this is the Rivoli. I would call him right now and be like, hey, Rivoli, holy Rivoli, put this baby in my kitchen. That's what I need. I've got white countertops. I got white cabinets in my kitchen. You know what would really make this pop? This Rivoli right there. I love the contrast. This is, you talk about a dream kitchen. You can have a dream kitchen right here. CalvinandSubtle.com, 615-448-6414, where not only do we talk sports, but we also have a minor in interior design. CalvinandSubtle.com. A to Z Sports, don't forget, BetMGM, they the title sponsor of our morning show. They are the king of sports books. Download the app. Use our code, ATOZ Sports. And we'll give you a risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. That's code ATOZ Sports. When you download and sign up with the BetMGM app today, check that out. They've got innovative parlay boost, tons of free bets. I, I got a free bet on every Monday uh, for what BetMGM does with the, with the Monday Money Club. Game props and more. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 9789. Zach, we're talking about the four top prospects in this draft at the edge rusher position. And which of these guys fits best with the Titans in the first round? So I'll put up the graphic. 
We'll go left to, to right. This is in no particular order, but left to right, I've got uh, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, the two Miami boys, Jalen Phillips on the left, Gregory Rousseau on the right. They both wore the number 15 uh, because uh, Rousseau opted out of 2020, so Phillips wore 15 this past year, and Rousseau was back in 2019. And then you got Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia on the far right right there. Uh, those are the four guys. So Pay, Phillips, Rousseau, Ojolari, in no particular order, which of those four is the best fit for the Titans in the first round? So I think this is a great question. And make sure you comment in the comment section. And look, there are, there are pros and cons to everybody, right? You sit there and and the biggest one was J.J. Watt and his explosiveness off the ball. That was a weakness. Lack as of said explosiveness, by, right? Yeah, lack of explosiveness said by NFL.com when he came out of Wisconsin. Uh, right? I mean, everybody's going to try to find their flaw, whether there is a flaw or not, or in J.J. Watt's case, that is probably his best attribute or turned out to be of how he was defensive player of the year, I think, twice. So uh, for these guys, I look – at and and rank them in a in a couple of different ways because I have one guy I really like that I think the Titans should draft that is my guy okay. but there's also a concern. All right, well, do you want to go into it? I'm going to start with him. Okay, you're going to start with the guy you really really like. Yeah, I am. I and I I don't know if he'll be he may be there because of this. But I think the Titans as I've done my research on these four guys I think Jalen Phillips is the best guy for them to draft. My big concern is the UCLA thing, right? They basically told him to retire because of his concussions and then came all the way over to Miami and tried to reprove his worth. I love the way this guy speaks. I've watched some interviews. He is a beast, a beast of a man, 6'5", 266. That's the type of of physique that you want in a pass rusher opposite of Bud Dupree. And that's how I think about this is this guy, whoever you draft are going to play on the other side of Bud Dupree for the next four to five years, because that's the length of the contract that kind of, that gets me going okay. but out of all these four guys. I like Jalen Phillips, the best out of Miami because of what he brings to the table, his mindset his education, but the one knock is concussions, right? You kill the head, the body yeah, will die. He, he started at UCLA uh, in his college career, did not play much because of a lot of different injuries. I think he also had an ankle injury that kept him off the field at UCLA, transferred to Miami. This past year at Miami, he had eight sacks in the 10-game season. So he was very productive for what uh, this season was. It wasn't a full 12, 13 games, but eight sacks – this past year. So I'm going to read some comments from you guys of which of these best, uh, which of these four best fit. Um, let's see. Uh, Jacob says Simmons will be your first. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, Jalen Phillips coming in from Ronnie. Uh, Steven says, forget our opinions. J Rob is going to say Jalen Phillips, no matter what. Uh, Bebo says Titan should, should only take an edge. If a top wide receiver and corner, not there. I agree with that. Um, then Abimo says, of the four, he's taking Quiddy Pay. Uh, you're Quiddy Quiddy. Nate says, can we stay away from the Georgia prospects? And then 
Dom says, no Miami guys. They're both raw as hell. Yes, I'm screaming at y'all. And then Gregory says, Rousseau, uh, who is the other Miami guy. So I, I think I'm going to start with who I think is the worst fit of these four guys. And that is Gregory Rousseau. I think Gregory Rousseau is more like Danico Autry than he is an edge rusher. He is a big body. He had 15 and a half sacks in 2019 before he opted out this past year. But his body is uh, will most likely allow him to play on the interior. So I don't think that's what the Titans are going to look for. Like if they draft Gregory Rousseau, then they're probably going to beef him up and add to that frame and have him play inside. So he automatically is fourth on my list. Third on my list is also because of a lack of scheme fit. And that is Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay is probably best suited to be a 4-3 defensive end. He's more Shaq Barrett than anybody. Yeah, but he's also a better run defender than he is a pass rusher. So I, I, I like the ability for him to grow into a pass rusher, but I, I don't really know if if Quiddy Pay makes all the sense uh, for the Tennessee Titans to draft in the first round because it's not exactly the easiest of fits when you talk about the defense. I know the defense is front multiplicity and all that type of stuff, but I don't think Quiddy Pay fits as well. I like Ojolari from Georgia. Why do I think the Titans should like Ojolari from Georgia is because he has the opposite opposite on-field mentality of the last first-round draft pick from Georgia. And Ojolari is a try-hard. He is a motor. He is a non-stop machine that gives all effort and gets cleanup sacks because of his just being everywhere on the field at all times. And so I think Ojolari makes the most sense from a fit. I like Jalen Phillips second. Jalen Phillips is raw, needs coaching. I think the Titans will be attracted by that because they've got a bunch of guys on their coaching staff who believe in their ability to develop. I think Ojolari makes the most sense to be opposite Bud Dupree because you've got Bud Dupree's the bigger body guy. Ojolari kind of has the same body style as Harold Landry. He's not very long, but he's strong and he gets after it. And that's what the Titans need. Uh, and they need a guy who just flat out gets after it, who the only reason Ojolari is not going to work in the NFL is because maybe he's a little undersized or he gets hurt. Like the guy is going to give the work ethic that they need to have hit in the first round. So that's why I go Ojolari. But that's a first round selection. You're taking on just a 6'3", 240 guy. And that's small. For a pass rusher in the NFL, he's going to be going up against offensive tackles that eat that guy for breakfast. That's my one problem with a first-round pick like that. We both agreed that maybe some of these guys are second-round picks that have moved up because of the draft, just because, right, of this year's 2021 draft. But I, my my one thing, and you said the reason why Jalen Phillips is my number one. He's raw, and I think they can get him at 22 because of that. And I also believe of what you said that the Titans coaches believe in their coaching skill. Right. That they can, I would rather have a guy who's 6'5, 266 coming into the league, has both of them have something to prove, right? Georgia with size and, and Phillips, let's just face it, he has something to prove because a university, UCLA, told him he should quit football, right? So he's proving them wrong as they, as he goes. 
But I, I would rather have that guy to work with than a 6'3", 240 guy that we know is going to get an effort. But sometimes he will not be able to get past Jack Conklin yeah, but, when they play the Browns. But, but he's not just a pure speed guy. And I know he's not exactly long. But as Tron says, he plays well with speed to power and can play through defenders. He has a good punch and he's explosive without being long. I think Ojolari makes a lot of sense. But here's the thing. Like, the two guys that we named are the top prospects at the position that are on the rise. Like, Phillips and Ojolari are climbing. The closer we get to the draft, those guys' names are getting up and up and up the draft board, closer into that teens area, where Quiddy Pay is kind of staying the same. And Gregory Rousseau is kind of dropping the other way. Like Gregor Rousseau at one point was a locked first round draft pick. Now there's a chance that he goes mid second round just because people don't know what well, he, he didn't needs play to be last year. He didn't I... play last year and the year before. Like here's the crazy thing about Gregor Rousseau. The guy was a safety and wide receiver in high school. And I'm over here talking about the guy who weighs 260 needs to be like 275, 280. He's part of the yeah. He, you know, he's just a freak athlete but he's only played the position for a couple years and then he opted out the most recent season so i don't think people know what to do with Rousseau. people know more of what phillips is they know what ojalari is and they know what quitty pay is and but i i think you're seeing ojalari and phillips climb because they're the typical three four outside backer mold well, and we've seen a success story with that of a guy who's raw. We talk about the word, word raw. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul was probably the rawest prospect in the first round drafted by the Giants. He hadn't played barely any in South Florida before right. being drafted. Right? So there are success stories. But, it, in- but it's about, right, no, sure. Th- there are guys who don't have a lot of experience who could, like Jason Owe, who's out of Penn State, who is climbing up the draft boards and could sneak into the late of the first round. That guy's a physical freak. Like the guy ran like a 4440 at 260 pounds and as explosive as anybody, but he's only played in 20 games in college. So like you're going to risk Jason Owe uh for that or or are you going to go on a guy that's proven and what are the position what are the Titans in? The Titans are in the position of needing a guy who can have an impact on day 1. That's why overall I don't think it makes a lot of sense to draft edge in the first round. I don't think there's that big drop-off from the first-round edge guys to the second-round edge guys. No, no, no. They. This is where you're wrong, Austin. They don't need a guy to come in there and make an impact on day one. That's not what this draft pick is about, Austin. This draft pick is about if you get to week eight and Bud Dupree's knee is not working the way that it should or Harold Landry comes down with an injury – you're not completely bent over for the last half of the season heading into the playoffs because, once again, you don't have a pass rush. That is the whole point of but why Zach, I am so, so all in on them picking a pass rusher in the first round. That's think, the reason. It, I don't Day one, week one, I could give a damn about what this first-round draft pick does for the team and how many sacks it gets and how many tackles. I don't care. I care about week eight or week 14 because they can't put themselves in the same spot they did last year. That's why they need to do it. Zach, my point is they need a, they need their first round draft pick to be an impact day one guy. 
because this team is flipping the roster. Like, look at what they've been doing this offseason. They're flipping the roster. They're cutting expensive veterans, making business moves to get younger and cheaper. And the only way to succeed by getting younger and cheaper is having your first-round draft pick be an immediate success. And they're also coming off of what I think is the worst overall first-round draft pick in the NFL history, the biggest bust of all time, being Isaiah Wilson, because the guy played four snaps and you got nothing out of him besides swapping seventh-round draft picks with the Dolphins less than a year later. They have to have an impact player overall when it comes to their first-round draft pick, which is why I don't think they go edge in the first round. Josh says, sounds like a second-round pick, Zach. Like, you're talking about 22 overall. You can get the Viking got a Pro Bowl wide receiver out of the 22nd pick last year with Justin Jefferson. I think the Titans go offensive, they go wide receiver or corner at in the first round and get an edge player second or third round. I don't think they should do that. I, I, I The cornerbacks, as we talked about, I don't think that they should take uh, the guy out of West uh, Virginia Tech because of his back, I I, you, I stay away from that. But you, but you're okay with Jalen Phillips with concussion issues? Well, he's proved himself after that. But it's concussion. He played man. a full year. Uh, Virginia Tech guy just had his back procedure like a couple of months ago, bro. There's a huge difference in that. So don't compare that. You talk about apples and kiwis. Jalen Phillips has at least had an opportunity to go out there and make plays and play football after UCLA not, told him he shouldn't. There's a big a, difference in that. A concussion can creep back up with one hit. In, a back in, can be debilitating where your ass is Larry Bird on the sideline. But Zach, you can like actually fix a structural issue with a back. No, you, sometimes you can't. Ask Tiger Woods. That's uh, false. Okay. Well, Tiger Woods was also like in his 30s and had been playing professional golf for 16 years. Any 55-year-old man with back problems. Yeah, you, but guess what? You can't guess fix what? It. Caleb Farley is 22 years old. He's 22 years old. You're not worried about Caleb Farley at 45. You're worried about Caleb Forty from 22 to 26. Yeah, a 22 back. year old with a back procedure, I'm out on. They're gonna like he, he says it, the back has been fixed. Of course he said it. So did Drew Rosenhaus yesterday. You think how I believe that guy? No, I don't. I, I think and look, the Titans had the ability with the rest of the NFL to go to Indy and have their doctors there for the medical combine this past weekend and they figured out the medicals on Caleb Farley. We're not going to know that until draft night of what happens with Caleb Farley. But I think Caleb Farley's back situation, I'm more confident in than a guy who has reoccurring concussions because you can help and control the, the back injury or other things like, you can't, you have no if, if the control over were that big of a concern. We wouldn't even be talking about him in the first round. Fair. Yeah. He would not, he would be so far off of everybody's board if the concussions were such a problem. I just think it's it's ironic how you bring up Caleb Farley's issues, but you love Jalen Phillips in the first round, who was told that he might have to retire because of concussion. Out of the but he's proved that he's okay. Yeah, for one year. What happens the next? What happens that, the next that, concussion? That's something you have nothing on your guy. Right, here's Plus, what, Austin. You said they have to hit, and you're taking a chance on a guy who just had a back. I procedure. said I would be open. That, to that's it. ass backwards, said, Zach. I've already said I think wide receiver the first round is my a is my number one thing. I would go Rashad Bateman or Marshall or Tony before I would go any of these edge guys. I think I think there's better value with the edge in the second and third round because the the drop off from the top shelf to the second shelf is not that big of a deal in this draft at the edge position. 
I say go wide receiver because I know one of those three guys, Marshall, Bateman, Tony, are going to help you out a lot more than the edge guys we're talking about today. I, and that that's one thing we are aligned on. Is I, I've, I've said the same thing. I'm probably less all in on Tony out of the three because I'd like a bigger body. I, I, I know they... Uh, Josh Reynolds, they signed for $1.7 million, but I'm replacing Corey Davis with a bigger body in Marshall or Bateman. I'm, I'm completely okay with, I support that decision. If in fact that happens, we are on the same page on that, but I also value the defensive pass rush that they have, that has eluded them and prevented them from going to the Super Bowl the last two seasons as Derrick Henry continues to age because father time is undefeated and you only have the best running back in the league for a few more years. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday show talking draft. Uh, I've mentioned I, I like the idea of um, – of an edge rusher in the third round that I think the Titans should have their eye on. And I'm sure they do because I think this guy is a great fit for what the Titans are looking for with a valued edge rusher in the third round. But first let me tell you guys about the bone and joint Institute, bone and joint TN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever that injury happens in life, we've been talking a lot about injuries over the last few minutes because of these edge rushers and, and other players we're talking about, uh, boneandjointtn.org. Make sure you know where to go to get the best care possible from beginning to end, from the initial diagnosis, the clinics, all the way through the rehab process. They've got it covered right there in Franklin, boneandjointtn.org. It is the sports. Bet MGM is our title sponsor. Don't forget to download that app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. You'll get a risk-free bet. You, I mean, it's unbelievable. I turned my risk-free bet into $2,000. You can do the same thing with the right bet. Bet MGM promo code ATOZ Sports. Alright, Zach. So, I had somebody on Twitter tried to guess my third round sleeper for edge rusher from the Titans. It is not Peyton Turner from Houston. Although, Turner would be interesting. Uh, Joseph, uh, Steven brings up Joseph Osai uh, from Texas. While I think Osai is interesting from an athletic standpoint, I think he's limited a little uh, when it comes to what he can be as a football player. He would be a second-round draft pick. A guy that I really like a lot, also from the U, the third Miami edge rusher, Randy Goddard, Quincy Roche, who is a transfer from Temple, where he was the conference defensive player of the year and really damn good at Temple as an under-recruited kid out of high school, goes to Temple, extremely productive. Then he goes to the University of Miami and is, and is productive there too. He's a captain-type personality, and Quincy Roche, I think, can be exactly what the Titans are looking for in the third round because of his. he's the prototypical size, height, weight, skill set, athleticism that you're looking for in the third round that I think the Titans can take and, and turn him into a well, – you're talking about who can replace Harold Landry? I think a third-round pick, Quincy Roche, out of Miami can be your developmental guy and situational guy as a rookie and then grow into that starter in year two. Quincy Roche out of Miami, the third edge rusher out of Miami, is my guy. 6'2", 
Look, you're going to have to find value. The good thing is you have two third-round picks, right? I think that's kind of where you're going with this, right? Yeah. 80 – yeah, they have 180 – what's their other third-round pick? 86? 85. 85. 85. So 85 and 100. We've – I mean, we, we've all talked about it. Every Titans fan should know this, that in the first four picks that you have in the first three rounds, you should be targeting – Defensive pass rusher, wide receiver, cornerback, and tight end. Those are the four positions of need. Now, we don't know how the draft board falls. That's the fun of the draft. You could find best player available. You take him because you need him, or he's good at what he does, and you could see value in the future. But those are the four positions that he fits one of those four positions. I, I So I cannot hate on the pick. If you can find value in the third round there and you don't take a pass rusher in the first two rounds, then I'm okay with it. So I'm going to read a little bit about Quincy Roche from the Draft Network from uh, Joe Marino and just like think when as I'm reading this, just think about like how Mike Vrabel would like this guy, right? Uh, true technician for the position that is polished with his hands, great vision, and a quick processor. Lean, has modest length, overcomes any physical deficiencies with technique, flexibility, and athleticism, and above average functional strength for an edge of his size. He is viewed as a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is fine given his experience in a stand-up position in his performance in college. He's got an expansive pass rush skill set. and is a good run defender, making him a balanced defender that can contribute on every down in the right scheme, Roche has the ability to develop into a productive starter that knows who how to attack the pocket. That guy in the third round sounds like Mike Vrabel's guy. That sounds exactly – and defensive player of the year at Temple says, you know what? I want to try to go to be better. I want to I want to I want to size up and go up to the level of uh, the ACC in Miami. He did that. It was with a with also Jalen Phillips on the defense. But Quincy Roche is my third round draft pick. Of he's a situational guy in year one. He can develop into being that starter opposite Bud Dupree down the road. What are his negatives? Uh, it's a lack of size. No, no do that. Does it have it there? You read his positives. I, I just, really I read, uh, I can click to me go read the, the full profile. If I can do this on the fly. I've got it. I've got it on another network. What is it? Okay. Go for you, it. You, you have to be, look, we're not just blowing roses of just saying of all the good not. things. So well, that's why I wanted you to do both negatives comes with poor size and playing speed struggles, getting off blocks and controlled by single blockers ineffective to pursue and does not translate his 40-yard dash time into football speed. Again, these are draft guys analyzing him. Those aren't my words. Those are some other guys from uh, profootballnetwork.com. But I do think that with all the good, there are bad. We have to know both of them because you're sitting there, fans are salivating, saying, oh, my gosh, this guy's perfect. But ends up his forty time doesn't translate to football speed. That doesn't help. But like, think is he explosive in the first ten? Like, I, I don't care. I really like Javon Curse running a fast forty at as a defensive end. He could chase down guys. You know, normally you're not asking for that positional guy to run forty yards. So is is he? Well, when you're playing Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, yes. When you're playing Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, yes. 
Deshaun Watson, I don't know if he's going to play. We're not even going to put that. If, if, if when you're running end, down, guys, yeah, If absolutely. your defensive end is running 40s on the football field in games, then you have problems in your secondary. It's it's speed, bro. Like, yeah, you you need to chase people down. It's tackling in the open field. It's being able to to get after a running back after he's had 14 yards instead of having 56. It's valued. Don't yeah, devalue that. I'm that not make saying it's. Sense. I'm not saying it's not valued. That it's just not You're the biggest. It. It's not the biggest priority uh, from an edge rusher. It's not a 40 yard dash time. Is not. It's about. It's that. Like you have to be able to play with quickness and process. And I think those things Roche does well. And again, I'm talking about like a third round pick prospect, right? I'm not saying this guy is going to come in and immediately be. Uh, a, a badass in the Titans defense. I think he is somebody who makes a lot of sense opposite Bud Dupree down the road, who sounds like a Mike Vrabel type personality, who's a technician, going to work hard and is going to, you know, put together productive seasons in situations. And I just think as the comments have said and agreed with me of your, look who you're playing against to get to where you need to go. Right. Uh, Brent, I, did you see how many time, how much running Tampa played against Mahomes? Yeah, absolutely. They they ran 300 yards just because Mahomes was. So yeah. you have to have that speed if you're going to be able running. to run yeah. them down, especially got a 10-point lead in the AFC Championship game. Thank you, Tights for Life. The 20-yard split times are more worthy. Like When you're talking about front seven guys and offensive linemen, give me the 10-yard splits, 20-yard splits. Everything outside of that is momentum and stride length for those positions. Like. I, I I need somebody who can get going fast, right? It's the quickness, the explosive off from. A and then when point. when players, offensive players, extend plays, I need somebody to run their ass down yeah. and tackle them so they don't score touchdowns. Like I said, if you're counting on your edge rusher to chase down guys forty yards down the field, then you have massive issues. And it's not forty yard down the field. That's you're what over we're talking. You're over exaggerating that. Like when you chase, it is is speed, right? That's what that's what the negative said. I will I will read them again. And negative. If, and if negative ineffective the, in pursuit and does not translate his 40-yard dash time into football speed. Football speed. Football speed. I'll repeat okay. it. That that's what we're talking about. That's why the whole thing got brought up is ineffective in pursuit, pretty important and does not translate his 40-yard dash time into football speed. Again, one man's opinion doesn't mean it's the rule, but that was profootballnetwork.com's analysis of, of his negatives. All right. So, again, if, if he's a third-round pick, he's going to have a lot of negatives, than, more negatives than a first-round draft grade. Again, my point is I like Quincy Roche as a good pick for that 85th or 100th pick overall for the Titans to address their edge rusher prospect there because, like you said, Zach, you're not talking about finding a starter this season. You're talking about finding a guy who can be really effective in situations and also develop into the starter after Harold Landry gets paid by somebody else. I just want that our first round pick to be that person. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like I, again, I could be wrong, but right, right, right. I don't think the first round grade of these guys is that it. Well, we'll find Chris says, why are you roasting Austin for a third round pick? <laughs> oh, well, because, because he's, he's sitting there. I read something and he's trying to, He's basically saying that it doesn't matter for 40 yard dash speed. And I reiterated what the negatives were. It was in pursuit. Right. 
Okay, that that makes more sense. But that's what I read the first time. Well, for whatever reason, the focus was on a forty-yard dash, not the lack of pursuit. So, if lateral speed and lateral explosiveness, if that's a knock on him, that's absolutely fair. But again, I'm not concerned about long speed with edge rushers. I'm sure I'm concerned about quick speed and explosiveness. And again, I've also said that it's one man's opinion. Is that the sure. the what I read from was ProFootballNetwork.com. I also said at the beginning, NFL.com said that J.J. Watt wasn't explosive. So, like, they, they're not always right. right. I just – Austin read all the good things about him. But I, we also need to say that, you know, there are, you know when you get to know her, she's a little bit crazy at times. I, I, I read the blurb about Roche that's at the top of his draft profile, which – Talks. Of, it doesn't. It wasn't all. There wasn't like positive. any positive. There wasn't any negatives there. I listened to modest it. length overcomes physical deficiencies with technique, flexibility, and athleticism. That's a positive. <laughs> but he overcomes his. It's saying that he has physical deficiencies. Like he overcomes them, though. That's a positive. <laughs> yes, but he also. It's also admitting that modest length is not great. Right. One thing you said out of the like paragraph that you read was slightly negative because it was modest. I just read a negative and a positive. That's all I was bringing to the table. Also, you don't have to get defensive. I look, it could be a good round pick. I'm not sitting here saying, I know this guy. I, I don't, but I am based on what we have and the information that we have. I just want to read both sides. That's my That's only fine. And I've read what I had in front of me based on uh, for Quincy worship. Okay, Zach, let's get to sports trivia on this Tuesday we need a bounce back day bad because last week in our tri- 10 trivia questions we went six and four we need to go eight and two this week that's just I, I'm setting the bar eight and two is what we need uh, but first Zach tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai yeah Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go get your next ride WilsonCountyHyundai.com. that's where the inventory is you can see at the bottom of your screen the 2020 Hyundai Sonata and the 2021 Hyundai Palisade they have those in stock and those Palisades are hard to find that is Hyundai's full-size SUV. It's got a third row. It's got bucket seats. Both Austin and I, we've done broadcasts in that car. We've test-driven that car. It is an unbelievable SUV, perfect for the family. If you got kids, you got a wife, maybe, you know, perfect is if you just had a kid, this is the ideal, ideal SUV. It looks cool. It's not a minivan. And it's got all the bells and whistles. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. A to Z Sports. Don't forget, BetMGM. Download the app today to play with us. We also have A to Z Sports picks coming up this afternoon at 2 o'clock. So then we'll have some winners for you tonight in the NBA. Alan Bell, I'm sure, will have some hockey plays tonight as the Preds are back on the ice against Tampa Bay uh, tonight in Nashville. A-, A to Z Sports picks at 2 o'clock. Make sure you download the BetMGM app. Use our bonus code ATOZ Sports uh, for a risk-free bet up to $600 for your first deposit and your first bet with BetMGM code A to Z Sports right there when you download the app. Trivia time, Zach. It's time to go eight and two this week. We are sitting at 72.5% over four weeks. So it's time to go eight and two today. Uh, but the one rule is for everybody that needs to know, no Googling, no Googling. All right. Look, these aren't easy questions, so uh, that's why they're, it's called sports trivia. Uh, let's start with this. At what age did Jack Nicholas win his first national golf title? 
At what age did Jack Nicholas win his first national golf title? Starting with the tough one with the age, but a little golf trivia to get us started off today. Huh. National golf title? That sounds like a college award, right? It has to be when he's young. It can't be like 63. I, I would say it's got to be teens or 20s. National golf title. I don't even know what a national golf title is. Like, do we even like, is that still a thing? <sighs> Anyone multiple? Cause read it again. So the question is at what age did Jack Nicholas win his first national golf title? So that means he won multiple. Ed brings up, that he's a, that means he's an amateur. That's what I thought. So I'm going to go with like, let's say 17. Cause I feel like if you're 17, then you have, you're young enough to be able to win a second. Laurent says 21, Jack Titans. Kyle says 25 or 26 that he was in his mid twenties. Jeez, this is brutal. Mark Harris. Who's in the chat. He's a, he is a, a golf guy. Read it one more time for Mark, our guy, Mark Harris. At what age did Jack Nicholas win his first national golf title? Uh, Titans Kyle was screaming when I mentioned 17. He thinks 25 or 26. National golf title. I don't even 20, know what that I, is. I, I would say, I, I don't know. My guess would be 25. I don't think it's 17. Let's go with, with Titans Kyle and say 25. Lock it in. Final A to Z. Oh, my gosh. What is it? What do you think it is? 17. Mm -hmm. So I was right. It's 17. Thanks, Kyle. Good <laughs> one, Kyle. <laughs> oh, man. Kyle. Oh, All right. Kyle talked us off the ledge and then pushed us on. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh, and one. All right, let's let's bounce back. Dang, that's tough. Who was named the 2014 National League Rookie of the Year? 2014 NL Rookie of the Year. Again, one thing I suck at is the difference between AL and and NL teams. <laughs> I, I'm not a baseball guy, and so 2014. There's got to be baseball guy. This isn't like Bryce Harper's been playing more than seven years, right? a good question rookie of the year in 2014 who was named the 2014 national league rookie of the year jeez we got some really tough ones coming out of the gate i haven't seen a single guess yet from the chat everybody's just hammering on kyle <laughs> brent does bring up bryce harper that was my first thought ronald acuna Trout, DeGrom, I mean. Trout and Harper were like back-to-back -back years, but Trout's AL, so that's not it. Was Harper in the NL? Yeah, because he was playing for the Nationals. Again, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> that's an NL team. Harper was 2012. Um, Jose Abreu. 
I don't know, man. Acuna is only twenty three. So I, I Chris Bryant. That that's sounds good, good. That's a good one. Chris Bryant's a good one. And that, I just think Bryce Harper's been in the league more than seven years. Sean says it is DeGrom. DeGrom? We want to lock it in? Man, I think it's I think DeGrom or Chris Bryant are the two good ones. Well, Austin, since we pushed you out last time, you picked. Garrett says Bryant won in 2015. So let's go with DeGrom. DeGrom. DeGrom, final A to Z. Jacob DeGrom. Correct answer. All right. We're one and one. Whew. How many yards is the penalty in the NFL for using a helmet as a weapon? 15 plus a fine and suspension. How many yards is the penalty in the NFL for using a helmet as a weapon? It's 15. It has to be 15, yeah. right? It's the biggest penalty you can have besides spot foul for pass interference. 15, final A to Z. A 15-yard penalty is correct. All right, we needed that softball bad. All right, now I think we all got our confidence back. All right, two and one. Let's go. Okay, this is a movie. We need, And I haven't watched this. I, I, I've seen a scene from it, but I've never watched this movie. But what was Ben's profession in fever pitch? Oh, I haven't seen this either. So Jimmy Fallon played Ben. Yeah. But in, what was Ben's profession in fee, Fever Pitch? Never seen it. Drew Barrymore. Teacher. We're getting a lot of teachers. I mean, we're going to have to go with the chat Alex on this and Greg because neither pretty of pretty quickly it. say teacher. Ed says teacher. I don't trust Louis. Uh <laughs> Alex says he was a teacher. He went to spring. He went to spring training for spring break. So teacher, let's go teacher final A to Z to get to three and one. The correct answer is teacher. All right. Okay. Sounds good. There we go. Three in a row, three and one. Who's the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns at the beginning of the 2011 season? 2011. Who is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns at the beginning of the 2011 season. Uh, Brandon Whedon was first came to my thought. This is tough because they have had a carousel. Yes. Um, Donald just says Jimmy Fallon sucks. Uh, so Br Brandon Whedon, I think was the 2010 draft. So he could have been going into his second year with the Browns in, in a, as a starter. Brandon Whedon feels like the correct answer to me. He's 28 when he was Colt drafted. McCoy would have been, he was the 2009 draft because that's when he and Alabama, he, Texas and Alabama played. The... I always get their Alabama's first Saban championship. I always get the year messed up. I don't know why. I, I can. Ronnie never says it's it. not Brandon Whedon. Brady Quinn. 
What was what was his draft? That's what two- I thought. Colt McCoy wasn't. The, didn't they win in two thousand ten? Because the two thousand eleven season, right? So the two thousand eleven draft was the Cam Newton. That was. Uh, Jake well, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. Because Andrew Luck was 2012. We I do know that. Yeah, yeah. So it so it has to be somebody from the 2010 draft, I think. Brady Quinn is. People are saying it's Colt McCoy. That makes more. It's not Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. That was Aaron Rodgers's draft. No, Aaron. No, it wasn't. Aaron Rodgers was. Brady Quinn and Aaron Rodgers had the same thing happen to them. They weren't the same. Um, maybe they're just wearing bad hair gel. Exactly. Uh, Jabus is an Ohio guy here. So should we go Colt, Colt McCoy final A to Z? Well, you've already done it. So the correct answer is Colt McCoy. Top it is C. correct. All right. Four and one. We're halfway through. We're on the way back. We need this eight and two week, but real quick. Let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. It's full-body electronic muscle stimulation, so it's it's for everybody. Whether you're young, you're old, you're out of shape, you're in shape, you're fat, you're, you're whatever it might be, you've got old injuries, you need to burn that body fat, achieve your fitness goals, Mandu needs to be a part of your process. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. All right, next question. Back to the fever pitch. In what year were the bullpens added to Fenway Park? Oh, geez. (laughs) Here's our next miss. In what year were the bullpens added to Fenway Park? I mean, it could be so many different decades i let's just say uh 1977 and call it a day i mean we got to give the chat an opportunity the the chat is saying next absolutely ridiculous question anyone who guessed this looked this up i don't do baseball i'm a baseball guy but come on louis says 1984 so we can go in 1984 <laughs> we could go with louis i mean it could be in the 30s or the 40s no, the 50s, hey, hey, there's some delay we, there's got we got some 40s well now we're starting to narrow it down to the 40s maybe the 30s we have to get the specific year right but we're closer than what what did you maybe say? i said 77 because that's I don't not know. right that's wrong i'll tell you that okay so let's go you pick a year in the 40s I'm going to say 1937. That's fine. We'll go 37. Do we want to give us a uh, a plus minus a few years, a ballpark? No. We, the only time we do this is we both, with these crazy questions, we both get guesses. And if you or I get it correct, Alec, I like Alex's 1943. That sounds good. I, I don't know. So I'm going 37. Where are you going? I'm going to go 1916. Oh, man. What is 19, it? 1940. Three years off. Three years off. 
Absolutely brutal. Stupid question. Okay, we're four and two though. We're, I we're will redeem myself. Austin, I know this answer and it means a lot to me. It had Good. to do with my shade a couple of weeks ago. Who did the San Diego Chargers lose to in the 2008 divisional playoff game? Not championship game, but divisional playoff game. Do you know this answer? Led by Phillip Rivers, they fell short to which team? I don't know. You know, though, and that's all that matters. Does anybody else know? I know for a fact. We'll let the chat at yeah, least give I an mean, opportunity. I don't know. Louis says the Colts. Brent says the Steelers. So what did I? What did we always say? The two. This is the thing we got wrong. There were two you teams. You got it wrong. You right? got it wrong. Don't blunt me into this. You got it wrong. The Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who I thought that they had lost in the championship game. But no, no, no. They had just lost in the championship game to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They actually lost the 2008 divisional playoff game to the Pittsburgh Steelers right. final A to Z. That is the correct answer. Good. We're 5 and 2. You got that off your chest and you not you you took your wrong and made it a right trivia answer. So right. We're 5 and 2. What's the next question? We got three more questions. Um, all right, here's another penalty question. Okay. How many yards is the penalty in the NFL for roughing the kicker? 15. Roughing is 15. You questioning that? No, I'm just waiting for you to say final A to Z. I, I was allowing the chat to get in. They're still talking about Pittsburgh. There they are. Okay, 15. So final A to Z, 15 yards. The correct answer is a 15-yard penalty. All right. There we go. We are 6-2. and two. We've got two more. We need to finish strong. Let's do it. All right. These are two tough questions. Do you want, do you want the NFL or the baseball question? Let's go NFL. Who defeated the Raiders 33-13 in their opening game for the 2018 NFL season? What? <laughs> Who defeated the Raiders 33 to 13 in their opening game for the 2018 NFL season? Was this John was this John Gruden's first game? That's where I'm trying to go back to. So John Gruden has coached three years. So 2020, 2019, 2018. Yeah. This would be John Gruden's first game. See the reason why I don't know this is because we were busy uh, during the seven-hour Titans-Dolphins game. All right, let me think about this. Who would they schedule? It's either a divisional game or a something that has to do with Gruden. So Titans says, Titans Kyle, Kyle has been wrong before. He says the Rams was Gruden's first game. I mean, this is big for Kyle if he can redeem himself. Yeah. Yeah. The Rams. So this was this the first year of the LA Rams? No. Because the LA Rams, the first year was when Jeff Fisher got fired in 2017 or 2016. Okay, so that was a year. Um, well, we have nothing to base this off of, so we kind of got to go with Titans Kyle. Titans Jeffrey adds to it, says, pretty sure it was the Rams on Monday night. Ronnie also says it was Monday night. James says, I'm with Kyle. It's the Rams. So I think we go Rams. 
Kyle. Rams final A to Z. You have completely redeemed yourself. The Los Angeles Rams is the correct answer. There you go, Kyle. Titans Kyle comes back and does it. That was big, Kyle. Big. Okay. All right. So now we're seven and two. Here it is. Trying to get this last one. We need it. We need to go eight and two this week. Last question, Zach. Which New York Yankee pitcher lost three games in the 1981 World Series? Which Yankee pitcher lost three games in the 1981 World Series? Man, this is... uh... If anybody was is a baseball fan from that era, they should know this because one guy losing three games in the same series is pretty incredible. And it has to be their ace, and a Yankees ace has to be known. You would think. Kelkin says he's a Yankees fan but don't know, probably because it was way before your time. Nate goes anyone alive in 1981. Puka was in here earlier. Um, it wasn't Mike Mussina. <laughs> <laughs> and Clemens, that's too old for Clemens. Well, plus Moose? he played for the Phillies and right. the Red Sox before. Um, and the Blue Jays. Uh, Could it right. be their closer? The question is, which Yankees pitcher lost three games in the 1981 World Series? Jared Hicks says Frazier, Yankees fan here. Can you give us a full name for Frazier? <laughs> ah, Puka says Frazier something. No Yankee fan here. George Frazier? George Frazier from Jared. I mean, it's all we got. <laughs> Garrett says George Frazier. My dad was a huge Yankees fan. What do you want to do? I think we have to go George Frazier. Down goes A to Z, right? Uh, Frazier, final A to Z. The correct answer is George Frazier. All right. Eight and two. I'm kind of the same way. Do we do do you feel that we have some Googles in the room? I, I hope not. Yeah, we can't really uh you, you can't do that though. Yeah. But we But I, I think I think we had a couple that you know, Jared says he's a Yankee fan <coughs> here. That was probably the most reliable. Frazier something. And then he and then Jared followed up with George. So Garrett, dad's a huge Yankee fan. So I think we got there. But rule number one of this sports trivia, if you if you're caught Googling in any way, you're muted. Boom. But eight and two. That was a big we had to bounce back. We talked about the that at the beginning of the show. We couldn't afford to go seven and three or six and four again. So tally him up. What is our percentage? This is well, it's now we're getting deeper into this thing. So it's harder to have the big jumps. So eight and two today makes us go from 72 and a half to 74%. So we're climbing. That's the important thing. The goal over 75% 
to end uh, over 100 questions. We yeah, we're halfway be through. We're that would be our through. best finish ever. Yeah, we're halfway through. We're 50 questions in. Got 50 more, five more weeks for this. Uh, so got to keep it up. Got to keep it up. Good, good work, guys. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow morning on a Wednesday. Buck Rising live on The Zone coming up at 10. Also, A to Z Sports primetime tonight. We'll see what happens in the world of sports throughout the day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Adios.